Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Intentional Conversation to Help Shape the World We Live In. This is the Mental Health Month. This is towards the end of the Suicide Prevention Week. And there is nothing more important for us to talk about today than the importance of emotional intelligence and how that gives us life skills, coping mechanisms, and the ability to build a beautiful community that everybody feels seen, heard, and understood so that we can build a life that we each deserve and our children deserve to grow up in. And to have this very important and timely conversation with me is Scarlett Lewis. Scarlett, welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. Henry. It's an honor to be here. I am so glad we are having this conversation, Scarlett. And I want the audience to know how this whole thing came about. I am the board chair for Equip Our Kids campaign. It's a not-for-profit organization that works with uh, trainers and service providers like Scarlett who work with parents and children and school systems to bring emotional intelligence and life skills into the hands of families and young people so that we are building our future in a way it is truly sustainable and truly nurturing for everybody. And Scarlett is part of our speaker bureau, an amazing woman who runs a wonderful organization to help communities and schools and parents. So Scarlett, why don't you take a moment and talk about what propelled you to build this organization and how it came about? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. So 10 years ago, the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy unfolded. And my son, Jesse Lewis, was one of the 20 first graders that were murdered in two first grade classrooms and six educators in what is still the worst mass shooting in an elementary school in the U.S. in its history. And I came home after that day, first unimaginable, just uh, those things shouldn't happen. They don't have to be happening. They are 100% preventable. I came home and I found a message that Jesse had written on our kitchen chalkboard short, sometime shortly before he died. Three words, nurturing, healing, love. And I realized that that was the solution. That if the young man who was a former student who came back to his elementary school and perpetrated that crime, if he had been able to give and receive nurturing, healing, love, love is as connection and belonging, if he had felt good about himself, the tragedy would never have happened. It's very simple, actually. Hurt people hurt people. And there's, it's a hopeful statement too, because there's always something that we can do to help somebody in pain. So I decided that I was going to show the courage that Jesse showed, by the way. He is uh, known as a hero. He's, his brave action saved nine of his classmates lives that day. Uh, and, and with, with, you know, your six year old son so bravely facing uh, a maniacal shooter and saving lives, I certainly realized that I could 
I could step up and uh, dedicate my life to keeping our children safe and helping their social and emotional intelligence. Um, I realized at that point that that is our responsibility. It's not somebody else's and nobody else is going to come in and do that, that, that we really need to start becoming aware of what's going on in our communities and, and stepping up and, and doing something about it. <laughs> the, the good thing is the opposite of anxiety is positive action anyway. So the more positive action you take, the less anxious and afraid you'll be. Uh, so I, I literally took his message to doctoral professors and experts that knew more than I did. And I said, how do I get this into schools or more into schools? There's a lot of love in schools, but, but more and, 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 and reach out to parents. So I created along with experts, a beautiful set of very simple solutions. It's, it's actually really a formula and a model that helps us thoughtfully respond in any situation, circumstance, or interaction with love. Literally, uh, a thoughtful response of love instead of a reaction of resentment, frustration, anger, and fear. And you can't be in two places at once, love and fear. So if you have a choice, and choice is our superpower as human beings, most of us want to choose love. And so we basically give simple skills and tools to enable you to make this most important choice probably that you make every day that not only positively impacts you, but those around you and through the ripple effect will create a safer, more peaceful and loving world. And, and it is, it is, it is everyone listening. Um, we just need more people to be aware of it and start doing it. That is so moving and so uplifting, Charlotte, because the grace it takes to go from that place of despair and anger to love, that is huge. So as you made that transformation, what did you learn about it? And what was that personal journey like? Because as a mother, losing a six-year-old in this kind of a violent way could not have been easy. Mm. It was uh, the hardest thing I've ever done, obviously. And it, and it doesn't mean that I don't still miss him. Um, but there is something called, and our entire program is based on post-traumatic growth. We are built as humans to grow through difficulty. It's kind of like uh, if I go into schools, I show this, this metamorphosis of the caterpillar into the butterfly. And you see this butterfly trying to break out of this chrysalis. And it's, it is, it looks painful. The wings are all scrunched up and it's very difficult. Um, if you help the, if you help the butterfly, by the way, if you, if you cut open the chrysalis, the butterfly dies because it has to struggle to gain the strength to be beautiful. And, and that is exactly the process that human beings go through. We need to have the courage. And by the way, we all have the capacity for courage that Jesse showed to face our struggle and to get curious and ask, what is this going to teach me? How can I grow? How am I going to be strengthened by this? That helps remove some of the fear and fear inhibits learning. It inhibits growing. It inhibits healing. So choosing love over fear. You know, I realized that 
there was no roadmap for me for what I went through. I had a mom come uh, visit me within the first few days that had lost a, a son to violence. And at that point, I didn't know if I was going to survive. And I, I thought I might dissolve out of the pain. It was so painful. And she started laying out a future for me. She was 20 years out that I didn't want. And I just suddenly realized nobody's going to take me by the hand and tell me exactly what to do and, and how to bring joy back into my life. And Jesse, Jesse was joy. Jesse was, uh, is just a, a ball of energy, always laughing, always smiling. Uh, and he left a message for his older brother too. It was this little folded up note that JT found on his desk. And it's, it was literally a last message. JT came home. It was the first thing that he saw on his desk and it said, have a lot of fun. And that was really the culture of our family. It was a beautiful last message. And I thought, that's what I want. That's what Jesse would want. That's what I want to model for my older son. He's looking at me. I'm a single mom and he's learning from how I thoughtfully respond to this tragedy that will determine how he responds to difficulty, challenges, roadblocks, pain, hurts, suffering for the rest of his life. And that realization really helped me rise to the occasion. I was modeling what I wanted JT to do and how I wanted him to grow through the difficulty for the rest of his life. And so I realized it was kind of exciting. This can look however I want it to. It is a choice that I make now. And I wanted to have joy. And so we really developed this uh, formula that it is derived from Jesse's message of nurturing, healing, love and his example of courage which of course we all have the capacity for. So the, the formula that I live that has helped heal me, that continues to help heal me, starts with courage, the courage to face your pain, not resist, avoid, or even numb yourself. And then gratitude. Uh, nurturing means loving kindness and gratitude. And gratitude can help shift the focus of your lens. We have an automatic negative focus with our negative bias. And you can't, Focus on two thoughts at once. That means you can't focus on a sad, resentful, frustrated thought and a, a grateful thought. And there's always something to be grateful for. So like I use gratitude. I just tick off gratitudes all day long to keep me in this positive space. And that actually strengthens you. It's amazing the science and neuroscience behind practicing these simple character values. Practicing gratitude strengthens you to be able to face what's coming next and be more resilient and bounce back quicker and learn from it and grow through it more thoroughly. And then the third character value is forgiveness. And in Jesse's message, nurturing, healing, healing is forgiveness. And forgiveness plays a really big role in my healing. I could have allowed the young man who perpetrated that crime, who was in so much pain himself, in fact, a lifetime of pain, as you can imagine, no one intentionally hurts someone else unless it's coming from a point of pain. I've learned that in my work in prisons. Um, so forgiveness is really letting it go, letting it go, not carrying around that heavy burden of 
anger and resentment and frustration, not allowing that person who hurt you to control your thoughts that directly impact how you feel, that then determines how you behave and how you show up in your relationships. I was not going to allow Adam the shooter to, to influence my relationship with my one surviving son going forward. But the only way that I could free myself was through forgiveness. And it was a choice that then becomes a process, but it can be the most important thing that you do in your entire life. And, you know, people, I've had so many different reactions to that because people, they get angry. And they say, uh, that's something that you don't forgive. Um, you know, that's not honoring your son. And the interesting thing is people think that it's a gift that you're giving the other person who doesn't deserve it. When if you look at the decades of research, it's a gift that you give yourself. And, and by the way, my shooter killed himself. So I, but I still could victimize myself out of anger and thoughts of revenge to him for the rest of my life. It would negatively impact my son. And, and it would probably that, that, uh, that reaction that would pass down generally, generationally in JT's genes. And, uh, the fact of the matter is, I didn't want that. I wanted to cut the cord that attached me to pain. And the way that I did that was through a choice and it was forgiveness. Now we teach how to do this in no cost lessons on our website. It is so important. Anyone can do it. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the key to having healthy relationships and healthy relationships per Harvard University's longest ever study on human life are the key to happiness. So you start seeing how this all comes around. And then the fourth character value is, is love. And love is compassion in action. It's identifying a need within yourself or someone else and then taking action to help ease that need. And the action component is the key component because all the research, decades and decades behind the benefits of compassion in action show when you have the courage to step outside what's going on in your life, including your own pain, to help someone else, you actually help and heal yourself. Now, so a recap, uh, the courage to be grateful, even when things aren't going your way, the courage to forgive, even if the person who hurt you isn't sorry, doesn't care, maybe doesn't even know, uh, you just cut that cord to pain. And then uh, for uh, that's gratitude, uh, shifting the focus of your lens. Sorry, I went right into forgiveness. And this all works neuroscientifically accurately and then compassion in action. And you are thoughtfully responding with love. When you thoughtfully respond with love versus just react, you are creating the life that you want. And I'll tell you this, you have one life and the way to live it without regret is to be present with the ones that you love. Parents out there that are listening, you know, we have these devices now in our pocket. Um, and I sometimes refer to them as crack pipes because there are dopamine labs that are driving ads and everything that you see. And when you get a hit, a quick hit of dopamine, 
It does. It's an analgesic. It does make you happy. That's why we're addicted to scrolling. <laughs> but uh, but it doesn't last and it always leaves you wanting. It's the same as addiction. And when you thoughtfully respond with love, it gives you a dose, dose as an acronym of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. It's long-lasting, feel-good, strengthening, healing, nurturing. Uh, just goodness. And so that's that's the goal, to create the life we want, to live it in the best way, to choose love every day, to have a lot of fun. And it's possible for everyone. That is such an encouraging message and a process because you're actually teaching everybody the process. What resonates for me is how this completely ties with the Eastern philosophy of happiness and peace are inside jobs. You don't find it outside. Mm -hmm. And in our culture, we believe that anger is the punishment you give yourself for somebody else's thoughtless actions. And forgiveness is the gift you give yourself by letting go of other people's inadequacies, right? Mm -hmm. So wherever you go around the world, the philosophies are the same. They're teaching you the same. It's and true. And it's ancient it, wisdom, but, yeah, but, yeah. but, but, uh, made, uh, I guess credible and valid for us through the latest cutting edge neuroscience <laughs> to validate them. Absolutely. So as you go through this work and work through with the schools and parents, yes, some people are going to say that you're not honoring your son because you're still not angry that you don't want to punish or be vengeful. But at the same time, there are others who want to learn and emulate you as parents so that their children can grow up holistically. Yes. As I am listening to you speak, I see a lot of parents caught up in the tragedy of one child and the other children feel like they don't exist. And mm -hmm. It warms my heart to see that you're making TJ the center of this. You're making him a part of the process so that he feels seen and heard. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for parents for various reasons going through tragedy? How to best include their children because parents in their pain forget that they have little ones. Well, first of all, I will say that there is a difference, and I think we need to remember between adversity adversity that we all face and tragedy and trauma so there is there is a difference um but unfortunately we see a lot of tragedy uh, and and today we even go through it with people because we have this walking around front row tickets to to tragedy and trauma in our pocket and, and, and other people's as well, which is very wearing on us. But I would say that, uh, that you honor the pain and you feel the pain because the pain is there for a reason. And that is to teach you lessons, to help you grow. And then you take that wisdom from that broken heart that you put back together that is now stronger, just like a scar on your skin. If you think about a scar, the scar tissue is stronger than the skin around it. That is your heart as well. And 
you take that wisdom from that learned experience and you use it to help other people. And that is what helps and heals you. And I can say that and know that because that is what I do every single day when I share my story. People say, oh my gosh, isn't it so hard to talk about? How can you continue day after day? And, uh, you know, for 10 years, isn't that so painful? And more, more than pain, it is healing by using the wisdom that I've learned to help others that helps and heals me. And so it is more having when we get hurt. And yes, in the beginning, we need to have an inward focus. We need to love and support ourselves. We need to accept help and love from others. And then there comes a time when the focus has to be outward. And that is compassion in action. When you have internalized, when you have thought about it, when you have accepted, when you have forgiven, when you, when you have mustered that courage to find something to be grateful for. And I remember that process because I was finding things to be grateful for right after the tragedy. My living son, the help and support that I got from my neighbors. There was so much I had to be thankful for. But then you use that to strengthen yourself and to understand that it's that outward focus that is going to be healing for you as well and sharing that wisdom. I believe, Dr. Henry, that's why we are on this earth, to help one another. You know, people say that uh, Charles Darwin, the famous evolutionist, said survival of the fittest. But in actuality, what his research concluded was survival of the most compassionate. It is in coming together that we help and heal ourselves and each other. Love connects and unites us and strengthens us. Fear divides us. And so we have this incredible choice that we can choose love and um and it's probably it's the most important choice that we make even in the midst of grief we can do this uh, and it's it is a process and it doesn't mean as i'm saying this you know that i'm not sad i i generally cry <laughs> every day uh but you know, and sometimes I feel, you know, some days are harder than others and Jesse's birthday and Mother's Day and anniversaries and there's a lot. But I go back to the formula. I go back to the realization I can make a choice and I want to thoughtfully respond with love. And I go back to the formula, having the courage to be grateful, to do maybe my forgiveness practice again. And then have that outward focus on helping others. And that's how I choose love. And that's how I can live my life to flourish and it with my highest and best self. And, and that truly resonates for me, Charlotte. You and I have talked before. 
I grew up in the middle of a genocidal war. My first 16 years were just that. People around me watching them being tortured and killed. And no child should grow up with the first 16 years of experience being that. But being able to leave home, raise my siblings on my own in a foreign country by the support of strangers was part of the healing, right? So I live every day with the grateful heart that strangers will walk up and be there to help. And that's been through true till today. And so if every person took a step into their life trauma, they can start unraveling all the elements you're talking about. Before I open this up for a conversation with our live audience, I wanted to take a moment and share with our audience how they can get a hold of you, how they can reach out to you for your services. Absolutely. Thank you. So we have a website. It is chooselovemovement.org. And everything that we have is there. Um, we have lifespan programming. So we have something for everyone. We have something for every grade level, for families, and for communities. And uh, we we are here to love and support your efforts because we need community and we need each other. And, you know, this is what I do every day to heal myself. And I've seen it transform and even save other lives and it's what connects us all as human beings, the want and need to love and be loved. So whoever you are, whatever you believe, any age and stage, you can come together with other people at the Choose Love Movement who just want to choose love and and accept responsibility for making the world a safer, more peaceful and loving place. Thank you, Scarlett. And we at Equip Our Kids truly value the work you do. We are so proud and honored to have you as part of our speaker bureau. And we look forward to continuing to build with you because we have a shared mission of equipping all our children with the tools, resilience, capability, and love to live a life of joy and peace. Thank you for all the work you do. Robin, I know you have a question, so go ahead. Well, first let me say I am totally blown away. Um, with what you've shared, it was just amazing and beautiful and absolutely spot on, absolutely spot on that all of the ancient wisdom of the East and of uh, spiritual tomes is now supported by neuroscience <laughs> is what I call when, when science catches up with grandma. Um, <laughs> and the question I have, one thing I, 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 I do another podcast with, with Cass, and one of the questions I like to ask people is uh, their challenges. And you've talked a lot about you know, your internal challenges, beautifully talked about that and such appropriate um, you know, solutions that you've come up with and you have created. So I have a, I have, my question is, what are some of the external challenges when you were trying to say, you know, meet with the experts. How can we create something uh, to to deal with this situation? And then all of the ins and outs of actually bringing this idea to to fruition that now it exists is a website and, and exercise and all that. What are some other other than what you've already said? One challenge people say by forgiving and 
responding with love, you're not honoring your son, blah, blah, blah. That huge, that huge challenge. But what were some of the other challenges that you have faced that maybe were you weren't expecting? Well, uh, it's, it's very challenging to create a nonprofit and I had never done that. Um, and it's challenging to bring a team together of like-minded people. Uh, I had friends that helped me do that. They jumped in right away. I told them uh, what my idea was for being part of the solution for keeping our kids safe. Uh, if you look at the pathway to violence per the Department of Homeland Security, and you know that we focus on the negative in our thoughts, we have this negative bias to keep us safe. All the focus was going on the attack end. And I was trying to explain to people, hey, we need to put some resources towards the grievance end of the pathway to violence and strengthen school culture. Because if we gave the kids and the big kids the skills and tools they need to manage their grievance, it wouldn't escalate. And to me, that seemed a better part of the pathway to violence to focus on rather than after the fact and focusing on the problem. Because when we focus on the problem, it grows uh, as per substance abuse and, and drugs and guns and mental health. All that is the, the diseases of despair are escalating. It's because we focus on them. How about addressing the root cause of all of them and reducing pr and preventing the suffering before it starts. I mean, it makes such sense, but it's not the way our brains are wired. So believe it or not, I had, I was, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. Some people really get it. And, and I had to have those courageous early adopters that really got it, that had the courage to go there and try something new that, that we're just gonna, despite resistance and pushback and questioning they were going to do the right thing instead of doing something over and over and expecting a different result. So I actually had to find those courageous leaders uh, across the country and I found four and uh, and they piloted the Choose Love movement the first year and it it just it it transformed not only the lives of the adults that brought it in, but the kids as well. And so it is spread. And by the way, this is so interesting. We're in about 11,000 schools. We're the most taught program in a few states and we're in 120 countries. That was all by word of mouth and referral of the program. So people talk to other people and they refer it, but we did no outreach. And it's mostly me go traveling around with a little backpack and my, my laptop talking to whoever would listen, going to conferences, having a handful of teachers in the audience go back to their school districts, wherever that was, and start implementing and then telling their friends. And so I really didn't expect that either. I didn't expect this to be one of the biggest programs, essential life skills programs. I really created it because my son as well as Adam Lanza, who went to the same school district, they were priced out of the market for this type of program because they're so expensive. They require extensive training because we don't necessarily have these skills and tools as adults. <laughs> if we didn't learn it, we didn't have it. And by the way, I didn't have these skills and tools at 44 years old when Jesse was murdered. So, you know, this is a huge learning process for me. I thought I'm going to create something for those that can't afford it, like, like, 
my son and like Adam Lanza, uh, our school district, not that, not that we live, uh, you know, it's just not a priority for those schools that don't prioritize it and that don't have it, even though this is the key to academic learning as well. If there are teachers that want it, they can always go to our website and download it. And it's the same today, 10 years later. Um, however, I will say the landscape has drastically changed uh, within this past 10 years to uh, to having, you know, many more programs and many more options. I really would like to close this truly to resonate your message that ultimately it's love that is healing, the courage to have gratitude, the courage to have empathy, the courage to forgive. And through this process of healing and loving, how we can truly create an environment that behoves us and pass on the capabilities by modeling to our children. And on this Mental Health Month Suicide Prevention Week, I truly call to action all parents, all adults, please look up Charlotte and the work she's doing in her organization. Look at Equip Our Kids and get involved. It's going to take all hands on deck to make this a safe world for us and most of all, our children. Yes. 